0: Well, hi, Eric. Thanks again for taking some time to chat with me today. Um, As you know, the purpose of our conversation today is to really talk more about your journey uh, as part of the inquiry management team. So we're going to talk through um, your skills that you've developed along the way, how that's impacted your student conversations, data analysis, and your experience of uh, being part of the journey of building a team from scratch, where there wasn't a team before. And um, also the, you know, for you individually, the part of the journey that, you know, you didn't come from higher education. Uh, so that process of making that transition and, and what that's been like. So uh, excited to chat with you today. And, uh, and where I'd like to start is, um, how would you describe... The process of learning how to develop an effective student conversation.
1: Well, hello, my name is Eric. I am an inquiry management lead with. I've uh, been working here for about a year, uh, but to answer your question, how would you describe the process of learning uh, how to have an effective conversation with a student? Uh, it was a it was a rocky start because uh, you have an idea of. You know your 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 informal conversations that we have but then it gets a layer added to it when now you're trying to gather information and do active listening which was uh, a struggle for me to get at first uh because you think you know active listening until you actually do it where you're picking up on cues and you're trying to dig deeper and have you know students leads uh answer a little bit more to get you on further on their page so so definitely something different <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. And you bring up a good point that I want to expand on a little bit more. You said you think you know active listening until you actually try to do it. Talk to me more about that. And what what did that mean for you in your skill development along the way? What did you think active listening was? And then what was the eye opener that said, maybe this is what active listening should look like?
1: Right. So um, my background is not in higher education. I was uh, working in retail while wow, I was 17 and I'm 29 now. So that's all I know. And when I think of active listening from then, it was pretty much <laughs> drowning out most of what you're saying, but listening to certain uh, verbal cues where if you're mentioning price, OK, ears perk up now I'm listening, or if you're mentioning your problems or whatever, and ears perk over, now it's, it's, I'm listening to the entire conversation everything that they're saying has some uh, value to it they all intertwine as opposed to i'm just going to ignore the parts that i don't want to hear and kind of just take the cliff note version and get to where it is and sales is a little easier in higher education not so much because these are people's lives and you need to treat it as such this isn't another transaction this is a deeper connection to that you're helping someone either come back and build themselves up even higher or someone who's already on that track that is just looking for a little extra. But at the end of the day, these are people trying to better themselves and you're not trying to sell them a cell phone. So yeah. that's, that's the important thing to remember.
0: Well, and I, I think, um, I like, you know, what you said about, you know, before you're listening for different cues because you're trying to make a sale and retail, right. And then you, you right. Higher education—it's oh, this is someone's life. It's their future. It's a—it's a different conversation. It's not a cell phone. It's a big decision that's going to be a big investment of time, of money, of resources, mental energy—all of that, right? So, Absolutely. how did that change what you were listening for in in the conversation? So, if you're no longer kind of listening for just key cues of price or um, problems, what are you listening for now? And what do you do with that information when you hear it?
1: Gotcha. So I, I didn't learn this uh, until later on uh, in this career. <laughs> so I wish I knew this at the very beginning, but um, difference between then and now, as far as how I got there, um, in the beginning, again, we were just doing a cue listening and trying to figure out you know what program would be best for you. And I'm trying to create that package that you would normally, again, get from uh, retail where someone's trying to wrap it up nicely for you. But then I realized that my numbers weren't reflecting what I was trying to gain. And a lot of that came from the fact that I wasn't actually taking consideration what the student or lead was saying. And I was more or less having them say what I want them to say, which is that retail sales thing, instead of the, the fact that you remember that They didn't, you know, I used to work for a cell phone company, so they didn't come in paying their bill and now you're trying to get them to buy TV or all these other products they don't need on their way out. They are coming to us because they want to be a counselor. They want to do social work. They want to be a teacher, what have you. And you are just trying to be that bridge so they can do that. Not necessarily sell them the bridge, but you want to be the bridge.
0: Love it. Love
1: that. So,
0: so in general for your skill development, what's been most helpful for you in that process?
1: I, I think being able to write out a proper playbook has helped greatly, uh, having that roadmap. Um, and for those of you that may not know about our, our playbooks is it's a guide book for us to, um, not get lost if we're going you know going uh, going off of it for conversation so there will be times where you will break off you know and and start talking about other things sometimes things that may not pertain to what they originally called them called on but it allows you to get back to that spot so you never lose your place and I think without that I wouldn't have seen or had the success that I have had uh, because that is very vital part and I and there was one thing I, I learned from many meetings that we've had, write down everything, notes, playbooks, all that is great to have to be able to see that success. So I, I would say all in all, just to simplify it, taking notes and making sure everything is written down in a, in a, in a nice little order is, uh, is definitely what pushed me forward.
0: So I, I like how you clarified the the playbook for people who, Maybe aren't familiar with that term. Can you um, maybe help clarify for somebody that hears that and goes, oh, it's a script? Like, can, gotcha. can, you, can you offer clarification on um, maybe that immediate gut reaction to the concept of the playbook?
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So I definitely can. Um, with mine, that's how it started off, right? Because when we first started not not too many of us had an idea as far as what we wanted to say or what our voice is our playbook represents our voice it's not necess- it's not a script um mine is more of a um because you can tailor it to however your style is, right? Not everybody's going to talk the same, not everybody's going to have the same conversation. Uh, And mine is more of a personal style where I talk to you as as if you're a friend. You can't necessarily go off of a script to do that. So a lot of my questions are things that I would normally say in conversations, even outside outside of, of work. So it helps me stay on track where, if I feel like the conversation is going dead, or I'm running out of things to say, or running out of things to talk about, this will have a nice little topic list for me. To say, "Okay, you know, we're talking about your questions and concerns. My cost conversation is right after that. Did they mention anything about costs? Okay, cool. That's a nice way for me to go into that instead of, you know, well." Have you thought about what you wanted to do with cost? Do you know what the payments are? It, it eliminates that awkwardness. So I already have that um, in my back pocket ready to go when it's needed, mm-hmm. if I if I am lost, so. Mm-hmm.
0: I really like how you said, um, you know, the the playbook is about our voice, you know, finding our voice in, in the conversation. And you mentioned that, you know, when you first started, especially not coming from, from higher ed. Finding that approach and that voice um, takes some time. And I know for you specifically, you've done a lot of hard work on your playbook and really trying to find that sweet spot of this approach sounds and feels like me. And I feel confident because I'm seeing it connect with the students and it's working and I'm having an impact. And you're seeing that in your data. You mentioned earlier You know, you weren't seeing in your data what you wanted to see or what you thought you should see from the conversation. And and that has completely shifted for you over time, right? So can you maybe talk about the process or the journey of getting that playbook to a place where it feels like you, sounds like you, and it's authentic to the data that you're, like, you're seeing it, the, the connection with the student come through in the, the data that's, that's happening.
1: When I first started, I just, just moved away from the, the the retail, like high pressure sales and things like that, where the uh, self-process was kind of already done for you. So you had your five rules that you're supposed to hear by the things that you're supposed to say. And unfortunately, a lot of that didn't, wasn't, how people really talked (laughs) so you kind of trained yourself to do it and, and anticipate these uh responses where here i tried to take it and apply the same but you realize that that works in that environment because they are expected to you know the the customers or whoever who are coming in are expected to receive that type of attention you don't really expect it from from a university to call you and have a retail conversation with you. That's not what you would expect. You expect a more personal uh, conversation. Um, and it was difficult trying to figure that out in the very beginning because you want to take what you already know and apply it to this new job to try to have like a, a, a leg up. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And uh, as i was saying, I had um, a couple of times where It looked like it was working, but it was not. And I couldn't figure out why. It's because I was more talking at people instead of having a conversation with them. Um, In the very beginning process, I was fighting against my guidebook or my um, playbook because it felt very similar to where it was, where I came from. Until uh, we we started having more conversations um, between yourself, myself, and... Yeah, between yourself, myself, and Ryan, um, where it was you guys created a an environment for me to step up and just say you know what this is all great but this isn't how i talk this isn't how i speak outside of work this isn't how i would speak wherever um it's just not me and and to my surprise instead of it being a back and forth argument or where it could have been it was more of like okay make it so it's you Mm -hmm. and that allowed so much creative freedom to go be able to go back and like yeah, you're right. And have these, you know, imaginary conversations with myself and say it back and forth to what sounded right for myself. Mm-hmm. How would I want to answer that question? How would I want to be asked these questions or what would my perfect call with higher education be? And that would, uh, that has allowed me to create this playbook now where I'm so incredibly uh, proud of it because it literally makes a phone call as easy as pie. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love how you pulled all that together and just that true ex- lived experience that you've had with the playbook coming from outside of, of higher ed and just that, that perspective and, and the journey of when it didn't feel like you, what that conversation was like with the student and the outcome. And then when it feels like you and you have that creative freedom what that has allowed you to do in terms of making that connection and, and the impact to the student experience. Really, that's what we're talking about, right? Because wow. you might be following a playbook, but if it doesn't feel like you, that's going to impact the student experience in, in a way that it just will, right? right. But if, if you're aligned with the playbook and it feels like you and you're confident, that's also going to have an impact to the student experience in a positive way. So, yeah. I know one of the things that you really come full circle with and people in this role struggle with no matter how many years they've been in the role until they find their, their connection to it is building the plan with the student, that place of, okay, once we get to the end of the conversation, um, we know we want to help the student progress forward, but how do we do that in a way that feels responsible, authentic? and fits where the student is. So can you talk about um, like really tactically, what are some of the ways that you've been able to find your connection to that part of the process? What does that sound like for a student who isn't ready to take the next step and do the application? What you know, What is that like versus someone who is ready to do the application?
1: <clears throat> My uh, approach to it, Cause I try to make things as grounded as possible for myself that it doesn't seem much bigger than what it is. Uh, so one of the things that I'd like to do is pretend that the person I'm talking to is either an acquaintance or a friend, because a lot of those times I do not, I don't want to say hold back, like it's something bad, but <laughs> I don't pull away if we're talking about something and if, especially if it's something important to them. So a lot of those times where you're be speaking with someone and they're not entirely sure what they want but then they tell you that all their questions are answered there's really nothing there left for them to where again this won't work with everybody it depends on who you are and what your voice is but sometimes i'll just okay so what's holding you back you told me everything that you need to tell me you sound confident but why aren't you applying I, you know i feel like having that real connection and that real conversation uh kind of like has something click in their head where are just like yeah no why am i not and i've gotten a lot of people that are just like yeah you're right let's do it um as opposed to yeah i'm gonna sit on it and think about it for or for whatever reason or do what what you will um when they're confronted with that why not why aren't you let's do it then they start to be a little bit more accepting of it as opposed to well okay well i'll wait for you to do it's doesn't be the same because that's what they want to hear that's what they are comfortable with because they were doing that all the way up until the time that you talked to them so why not try to give a little push if you can if the situation calls for it
0: yeah and then talk to me about the concept or uh, of building the plan which is part of the conversation map or, or the playbook what does that sound like for you what have you made that sound like in a way that works
1: uh, so not everything that I've learned from my previous employment um, worked against me. One of the better things that we were able to do was <clears throat> retention of, and I believe that's the right word. Forgive me for if I'm using it correctly, but would be the retention of what we talked about with, uh, say, customers. So in this situation, it is okay. Well, you mentioned you're going back to school because you know everybody in your family is doing this uh profession and you wanted to be with them or you want to start it for whatever the reason is, but taking what program that they were talking about, referencing back to what their reasons are for doing said program, addressing their concerns and readdressing the uh resolutions for those concerns as well too, and letting them know that they're what their next steps are in a way that it doesn't seem so imposing. Um, so if they are supposed to fill out the application, all, right, all you got to do is start the application, uh, have the waiver code for it, whatever it is that you are doing to drive that um, and just make it as simple as possible. So that way they don't feel intimidated by it. So I try not to say too much or as far as give too many instructions where it feels over overbearing, uh, but just enough that they understand what the next steps are without being, you know, again too overbearing on it so Mm
0: -hmm. so kind of switching gears um a, a little bit talk about the um your experience with data analysis so numbers data um what has that been like and what have what impact has that process had
1: Um, That was a struggle too, because I had no previous experience with that. I didn't, I stayed away from numbers. I always viewed that as like an upper management thing. Like that's, you know, that has nothing to do with me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, doing this job. And I want to say near the halfway point of being here, we started doing data analysis and it still didn't make sense to me. Um, And I didn't think it started making sense until, until I started doing better ironically, which was around September, October. So being able to read it and understand that, you know, yeah, you had an off week, but based off of what we've seen from the last week and the month prior, that was to be expected. Um, so don't beat yourself up too much about that. And I would say it definitely keeps morale up for me um, because if I'm feeling down about a certain week being slow, I can check back at other months and be like, okay, no, this is second week of the month is typically when it goes down or whatever it may be uh but then it gets me excited because if there's a certain week in the month where this is we've noticed a lot of people coming in then you know i get excited about that as well too so it's made things like predicting uh highs and lows for the week a little bit easier whereas before i wouldn't even know where where to start i wouldn't be able to tell you anything on that so i definitely feel um for lack of a better word, a lot smarter about the job because of the data analysis. So
0: what advice would you have to either someone who's in your role or a team or a leader of a team um, to use data responsibly um, as as a really a coaching tool versus a, a stick
1: um and i gotta tell you too that was that's something new that was definitely something new you come from retail That's says this is your numbers don't look good if it wasn't if you didn't hit your goals your numbers were terrible and i remember when we had our uh i believe it was i did so i did it i had a bad week and i was totally expecting to you know why aren't you doing well you know, what have you. And I think it was uh, Ryan's around. It's his first time as well, too, doing data analysis. So you popped in and he's like, I don't think it's that bad. And stop me. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and he's like, well, based off of what we see before, this is what it looks like. So I think that's pretty on point for what it is. And I think having that approach, I don't, I don't want to say it was a, a slow and steady approach, but that's kind of how it felt. It felt a very slow, concentrated, if this is going to be a bad week, Let's acknowledge that it's, you know, supposed to be what it is based off of the previous data. And that reinforces the, um, the thought that you aren't doing bad. It's an off week, but how can we make that next week better based off of what we know now? Um, And I'm happy that it happens at the very beginning of the week because that sets the tone for the entire week where I'm like, okay, I know I did this last week. I know I contacted this many people. So we should be expecting this many people this week, make it a little bit easier on myself instead of, I don't know, I don't know how many people are supposed to be coming in. (laughs) So, but I think taking it slow um, and really learning what those numbers mean will benefit the team and the uh, director as well, too, because if it, if it's if it's a, well, you guys aren't doing well, then you're not going to see any results because I could easily see us getting burned out from trying to thrash about finding the right way. But to be able to hold it down tight and see that these numbers represent what they represent and be able to explain those and digest those is definitely the way to go.
0: Yeah, great point. And I I think to... Um just your willingness to be open about certain feelings along the way um, that are very real, that can just, um, they have an impact on your ability to process information, to have a conversation because the emotions that go along with the data and the outcomes and, you know, am I doing this right? And, and, and what's, what's going to come up in this next meeting and, and um, the, just the, the realness around all the emotions that you shared uh, is, is super helpful because I think people can relate to those feelings, mm-hmm. um, but we don't always talk about the emotions that you know individuals are feeling as they go through this process. Uh, so thank you for being willing to, to share that too. Absolutely. So, um, so my last question for you, and this might be a tough one, how would you, in one word, sum up the journey of being a part of a team that was built from scratch, uh, that didn't exist before? Uh, is there one word that you can put to that that would sum all that up from your perspective?
1: Uh, yes. I'm, <laughs> in, I'm joking. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you said I mean... <laughs> so matter-of-factly. i am bought in. <laughs>
1: I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was carnage. I wouldn't say it was smooth. It was it was somewhere right in the middle. And I'm trying <laughs> to have a it was smooth <sighs> carnage. Smooth carnage is one word. Um wow. I I don't Unyielding. Let's use that. Let's, let's use Unyielding because we what we dealt with in our first year, I can pretty much guarantee no one is going to have to deal with in their first year. We had to deal with the first, you know, a school closing literally the month after we started um, or when we went live. Then we had to deal with COVID starting and then happening. And then from that point on, it's been a struggle or not a struggle. It's been a learning experience how to deal with it. So. Our our team has become stronger when we're not together, which means it's going to be even better when we do return with each other. So I would say the fact that we've kept a um, kept that cap on and just kept going forward is that unyielding spirit of uh, not giving up and continuing to try to make those improvements to get to where we are now. Because the stark contrast between last year and now
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. And I think you're right that that resilience to just keep going, you know, no matter what's in front of you. Okay, let's just let's keep going. Let's keep our heads down. Let's control what we can control Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of things that have happened, you know, not only on your team, but just collectively this year that are within with, you know, not within anybody's control. And so um, the the ability and this skill and the just internal uh, will uh to just okay it's just one foot in front of the other we just got to keep going
1: so Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: well is there anything else that maybe i haven't asked that you think is important for people to know or that you want to share
1: no i think as long as the most important thing and it can be easily overlooked uh and it's ironic as well too communication as long as communication is being kept up between a team and then the director the leader of that team um things will go smoothly. If there was any point in this, this year that we've been working, if there was any type of miscommunication, it would have not, you know, been, been, been handled well with what we were uh, dealing with at the time. So I think during the first year over communicate with each other, I, I think that'd be very important, no matter how annoying it may become. If this is first time for everyone, or just, first time for one person over communicate because that that needs to be a skill that is that that is needed in your teamwork or your team
0: great point well thank you again eric for your time i know that everything that you shared will uh be of value to the people that have an opportunity to listen um and i it's been honestly an honor to be a part of your journey and you have like you have progressed and grown and developed so much. You mentioned earlier that where we are today is not where we were a year ago. And that statement couldn't be more true. (laughs) Excellent work.
1: Thank you so much for your help. Thank
0: you.